This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio today. We have a lot to talk about on today's uh, program. We're going to be talking with the folks at MasterCard who have uh, a really innovative program over in Africa to help uh, some of the poor citizens there access energy and be able to pay for it through their smartphones. We'll also be talking with the folks at TELUS about a new baby app they have to uh, help uh, new parents. But right now, I want to talk about some of the news out there. Big thing this week, which was really weird, uh, Graham, some of the Amazon Echo speakers uh, out there, and these are these intelligent speakers that use the Alexa digital assistant voice service, they just started randomly laughing. Yeah, I've, I've actually got one of these in my house, and I did not hear the creepy laughter as it's been described. But apparently, if you were sitting there at home and you were listening to music or an audiobook or even just not using this thing at all, suddenly Alexa would start to laugh at you. Uh, that's weird. And so why was it doing this? Uh, apparently it's a bug in the code. So essentially the, the laugh file is actually on board the unit itself. Uh, you can ask Alexa to laugh for you. And if you've got one of those at home and it just did, I'm sorry, we're triggering, triggering this thing like crazy. Um, but essentially uh, I was just being prompted to do that. So uh, essentially Amazon now has, uh, has put out a fix, so it should no longer be doing it. And uh, if it is still doing it at this point, uh, you should probably find an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people are still creeped out by these uh, these these home speakers, like the Amazon ones or the Google Homes. Yeah, I mean, this that, doesn't help. This really doesn't help. I mean, the idea here is that these things are not supposed to be listening to you until they hear the trigger word. So to hear it do something on its own, this kind of smacks a little bit of the robot uprising. You know, you, you worry a little bit about Skynet here. This thing's making a decision to do something on its own. What else is it deciding to do? Amazon uh, also in the news uh, for banning the sale of Google Chromecast. This is not something that we're uh, unfamiliar with. This is uh, their latest salvo in trying to win the hearts and minds of people's living rooms. Um, In the past, actually, Amazon did this with Apple and the Apple TV. So when they were in a bit of a spat with Apple and trying to make the Fire TV stick land, uh, they discontinued Apple TV to stop stop carrying it. Uh, So you could buy it everywhere else, just not at Amazon. Um, And they also didn't make an Amazon Prime video app, which they have now started to do because I think they were seeing that a lot of people were streaming from their phones to their Apple TVs. So essentially, it looks like they're trying to uh, fight back against Google. And uh, by not carrying Chromecast, uh, you know, they're hopefully starting to see a little bit more pickup on the Fire Stick as consumers have less choice on Amazon now. But they're also carrying uh, these copycat devices and uh, devices that will uh, stream from uh, illegitimate sources online. So it's really... They're not kind of winning, again, hearts and minds of people who are trying to make informed buying decisions, trying to get the product they want. This is another interesting uh, thing we talked about before, uh, robots taking over a lot of the jobs uh, out there, including burger flipping. Uh, So this uh, was a a trial, or still doing a trial down at Cali Burger in uh, California. Uh, Flippy the robot burger flipper uh, basically did a good job and then took a four-day break. Oh, well, I actually had this with my... (laughs) I had this with my vacuum at home. I came home and it was sitting outside and I was like, what's going on? He's like, I'm taking a smoke break. I was very displeased. But I'm bumped. That's not uh, So they're still uh, going to be uh, rolling this out into a number of stores. Right now, they're still testing it uh, between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. to help cover the uh, lunchtime uh, staff. But uh, it, uh, it, it shows that I think there's a time in the future where, you know, these types of uh, machines and, and robots can take over even... Uh, lower-end service uh, jobs in restaurants. The one that I'd really like is the uh, the robot that keeps the McDonald's ice cream machine working. <laughs> that's that's the robot I would pay good money to see. Or just have a good ice cream machine that doesn't break down. So uh, Flippy, the, the 
robot uh, hamburger flipper, it basically, that's all it does. It yeah. flips the hamburgers. It knows exactly when, through temperature, when to flip them. Humans still have to do everything else. They got to put the cheese on the burger. They got to assemble the food and they've got to take the customer orders as well. But as we know, a lot of these uh, fast food restaurants have uh, got touchscreen ordering uh, panels. Yeah. Although I hate using them and I've talked about this before. Uh, they take for freaking ever. Yeah. The humans are always like way faster. I mean, that's that sort of thing is, will we see some efficiencies here in the future? I think the real uh, robot that I'm probably going to see is not the robot that fixes the ice cream machine. It's just the robot that tells me that it's out of order. <laughs> California, they're to become the 18th state to introduce right to repair. Uh, and so, you know, if you need to get things fixed now, uh, maybe that's your Samsung phone or your uh, your iPhone, uh, in many cases, you have to go right to the manufacturer or you avoid the warranty. I know there's a lot of these third-party places out there. I know a lot of people like using them because they're cheaper. Uh, but again, uh, if they avoid the warranty, that's not a great thing. So California is uh, another state down in the U.S. that's trying to uh, propose this legislation. They call it the Right to Repair Act. And it would require electronics manufacturers to make repair information and parts available to product owners and to third-party repair shops and services. Um, the one thing that I can see a major issue here is with uh, things like Apple's Secure Enclave chip. So this is the chip that basically secures your fingerprints or your face scans. Um, you know, being able to provide those things as repaired parts to someone uh, could actually be, uh, you know, quite a risk from, the, from a security standpoint. So, you know, at that point... Where do we draw the line? Is it that you can buy just the main board and it has to have all the pieces connected to it? Do they have to supply the chip separately? There's a lot that goes into this. So, I mean, while I, I'm very excited about the right for people to be able to repair their own stuff, uh, I don't think that this is going to be quite as exciting as some people think. The other thing as well is, you know, do you just make the parts really, really expensive? Um, you know, I, I know a lot of companies would prefer that you use their repair companies or the, their internal repair process because they can guarantee what's going on. Whereas the guy down the street, you don't really know what's going on there. I've seen a lot of really badly repaired phones out there. Speaking of repairs, uh, you can go in store to the Geek Squads at Best Buy. You can also uh, get them to come to your home. Down in the U.S., apparently, and this is a story uh, on Engadget.com, uh, apparently the FBI has been working with Geek Squad for a decade. Yeah, and the idea here is that... Uh, you know, if Geek Squad sees something that uh, they know to be illegal, they can pass that on. There's a there's a bounty, apparently, up to $500 for things that were illegal. Uh, it looks like they were also using this to essentially obtain uh, searches of people's systems without warrants because you have actually signed over the ability for Best Buy to look at your system and do that. Uh, so the FBI basically just slides in there and gets what they need. Um, this one, from a privacy standpoint, is obviously very challenging. Um, you know, if you've got your personal information on your system, uh, the best thing to do, obviously, is, is encrypt that data. Um, we're also looking at the flip side of this, where people have, you know, uh, illegal and illicit material on their child pornography. And that being passed on to the authorities is something that I think we can all agree is a good idea. So this is really the... The, the privacy balance that we're trying to do here. You know, is it okay for the FBI to do this without a warrant? Um, you know, legally, yes. Morally, questionable. Uh, unless we come to something where, you know, we're looking at something that's uh, that's obviously societally damaging, like child pornography. I, no, I totally get it. But it, it's kind of creepy knowing that, um, you know, computer repair places like Geek Squad are really looking through all your computer data. Yeah. And it's interesting because, I mean, I've, I've been around uh, computer replay, repair places for the vast majority of my life. And if you bring a system in and you've got a folder on your desktop that has pictures in it, videos in it, whatever, chances are it's going to get looked at. 
that's something that you kind of need to accept. So the question is, do you get your system repaired? Do you go to somebody you trust? What do you do? Do you there? delete that stuff? Right. And here's sometimes your computer's broken. You don't have access to it. So you're uh, really hoping for the integrity of the repair person, which, you know, I think that's a, that's a 50-50 shot right there. We still have lots more to uh, talk about on today's uh, program. Uh, we'll be uh, chatting with the folks over at MasterCard about some uh, innovative payment technologies they've got going with a solar power energy partner over uh, in Uganda. We'll also be talking about uh, an app that can help uh, Android uh, users uh, save data on their uh, iPhones because we still don't have good enough data plans here in Canada. How much you got, Graham? I've got 16 gigs. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you must be sharing that. I am, yes. Yeah. So I, I got that plan. Remember when they came up before Christmas, 10 gigabytes yep. for 60 bucks? I stayed on hold for three days, wasn't able to get it. Thanks, Rogers. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so I thought 10 gigs, I am, I'm living the dream. I will never go through that much. And oh my God, I'm up at nine gigabytes. And you'd be surprised at all the stuff you go through. Uh, so I'm on an iPhone and I couldn't figure out what am I using all this stuff on? Cause you can go into the cellular settings on your iPhone and, uh, see what all the different apps are using. But, uh, there's a little, uh, setting in there. What is it? Uh, location services, time and location, yeah. time and location used two gigs of data. I'm like, what the heck? That seems crazy to me because again, I've gone back and looked at this and I've used two gigs in that since October of last year. So I have no idea which app is going. One of you, one of your apps has gone rogue. We've got to find out which. Anyway, you got to go in there and check it out because uh, it's a huge, huge problem. Time and location. If you've been wondering where all your data is being spent. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here and get connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We still have lots of tech to talk today on the program, uh, including uh, a way for Android users to uh, save a little more data on their smartphones. Who doesn't like that? Well, uh, recently, uh, back in uh, December, I actually had a chance to travel to uh, Africa to check out some of the cool things that uh, MasterCard Labs was doing with payment technologies uh, over uh, in Kenya. And it was just amazing uh, seeing how all the uh, the folks over there uh, had an opportunity to use uh, these payment technologies just using regular uh, phones, not even smartphones. Well, MasterCard Labs does uh, a whole bunch of other things uh, as well uh, in emerging nations. Uh, to talk about uh, what's happening over in East Africa, we have a special guest on the line. Her name's uh, Kiki Delval. She's a senior vice president, uh, senior vice president uh, for commerce uh, for every device uh, for MasterCard. Thanks for joining us, Kiki. Thank you for having me, Mike. Uh, this was uh, kind of an interesting thing I wanted to talk about. I believe you guys uh, announced some of this at uh, the Mobile World Congress uh, a couple weeks uh, ago. Uh, you're helping, uh, again, with payment technology, but uh, for uh, users uh, and citizens uh, over in uh, East Africa, uh, get uh, power for their, uh, their homes. Indeed. We, um, we believe that the underserved should also benefit from the many breakthroughs that are happening today from connectivity um, across devices in the Internet of Things and digital payments. I found it interesting when I was over in Africa, uh, I found that most people, you know, obviously didn't have computers and, and laptops. Many don't even have bank accounts, but uh, a high uh, proportion actually have uh, cell phones. Correct. And what that allows us to do is to actually leapfrog into, um, into actually using mobile technology as a, way, um, as a way to actually reach the millions of consumers that today may not necessarily have another way of communicating, but do have um, either smartphone or feature phones available to them. 
Well, tell us uh, what you are doing over in Uganda. I believe you're uh, partnered with a, a company, Mcopa, that uh, brings affordable, safe, and clean energy to uh, houses over there. Correct. So Mcopa is a is a solar energy provider. Um, which we're partnering in for, for Uganda. Now, MCOPA provides an, an energy entry-level household kit. If you think about um, consumer or user today um, that has no access to energy, we're starting with a home kit that has light bulbs. It has a charging plug for mobile devices, a radio, and could even have a small TV. Um, so a consumer that doesn't doesn't benefit from energy access today um, you know, may not be able to, for example, a parent may not be able to do homework with their kids at night or a business owner that wants to operate longer hours after dark or even for women to enter the workforce rather than have to worry about buying kerosene day to day for her family's home. Now she has an opportunity to, um, to go to work. So energy plays a very critical role in enabling economic and social growth. Um, as well as environmental sustainability and human development. It is one of the foundational pillars for the UN Sustainable um, Development Goals. So at MasterCard, what we're doing is that we're partnering with MCOPA to help provide this home kit um, to a lot more, a lot more places, starting with Uganda. Now, what, what, what we have facilitated is that we're actually embedding a QR code on the battery pack. So a consumer simply opens their mobile operator application. We're using some of the relationships that MasterCard has already with telcos and using funds that are already topped up into a mobile money account. Now, a consumer, all they have to do is simply, if you have a smartphone, you can simply just scan the QR code. That QR code will actually push push a payment that the consumer has actually deemed in advance. So a consumer can simply, you're paying as you go. So a consumer can simply pay for whatever amount uh, they're actually comfortable with or they're actually, they've actually budgeted. So I could pay for like my next day or my next week of, of energy consumption. MasterCard developed an API that through this push payments, we're now also able to notify MCOPA, in this case the merchant, to, um, of the payment actually being made. And MCOPA, in turn, um, releases energy credits to the battery pack. So the ability for us to tie a direct device to a push payment functionality is what we're actually facilitating here so that MCOPA can actually provide the energy credits to the consumer for consumption. Now, we talked at the beginning about this also being able, being able to also use this not just for smartphones but feature phones. So the same capability can actually be used for um, in a USSD format. So consumer is simply um, texting the device ID, uh, a unique number, which is basically the merchant ID and the device ID, and the transaction amount that they're actually willing to pay. And in that way, we 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 do we follow the same flow where MCOPA now releases the credits to the consumer. Well, you were saying a lot of uh, folks over there are still using kerosene lamps, which I, I guess would indicate that there's not uh, electricity for everyone. But I imagine this mm-hmm. would this would be kind of an expensive program, wouldn't it? It's actually much cheaper. Um, so the way that it works is that a consumer is simply using, they're putting down a down payment for this device, and then the pay-as-you-go model allows them with flexibility to actually um, to actually pay for this. So at the end of the day, consumers are actually saving a lot on the device, and they're also saving on the amount of time that is taking them to go and, for example, walk kilometers on end to actually make a payment for kerosene and then have to carry those jugs of kerosene back to their home. 
So it is this, it's the social aspect and the ability for consumers to now free up. So a woman, I talked about a woman, for example, being able to enter the workforce and use that time um, in a in a much more productive manner, um, you know, or for the business owner to obviously open longer hours. So these are all benefits to society as a whole that this solution also also brings. So right now you're saying this is uh, happening in uh, Uganda. Are there plans to roll this uh, type of program out to other countries? Yeah, I think what we're doing right now at MasterCard is 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 expanding this initiative across a number of different markets in sub-Saharan Africa. There is tremendous opportunity um, of the one billion people across the world that have no access to electricity. This is primarily around sub-Saharan Africa and developing Asia. So the opportunity here is really trying to establish the relationships with the telcos and then at the same time bring some of these solutions to to market that have such an impact in the quality of life for the consumer. We're talking with Kiki Doval from MasterCard uh, about uh, their partnership uh, to bring uh, electricity to uh, uh, poorer Africans uh, in Uganda through solar power and uh, using payment technology through cell phones. Where can people find out more information about this, Kiki? Right now, they can simply find information reaching out to MasterCard's regional teams. Um, we can also, um, uh, we welcome the feedback and we welcome the dialogue around this space. There's already been a, a lot of different inquiries from companies that are interesting in this prepaid metering solution, as it is not contained to only energy. I mean, this solution in itself can actually work for a number of different use cases, including gas and water, as another example. Thanks for joining us, Kiki. Thank you so much. When we come back from the break, more Tech to Talk here on Get Connected. Uh, we'll find out how you can save and keep track of your data on your Google Android phone. And are you expecting or know someone who is uh, a great new app for parents uh, for babies from TELUS? Stay tuned. Google seems to rule the world, especially when it comes to search. Well, they're trying to make searching uh, even easier for us uh, people who uh Type in kind of vague search uh, questions. On the line, uh, we've got our friend Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me. Wanted to chat with you. Uh, you did a great article uh, about their new uh, snippets feature to uh, help uh, us with ambiguous search queries. What does that mean? Right. So uh, if you're like me, you may sometimes go to Google and you write in this kind of weird shorthand where you might not write the question, you know, stated properly. So let's say, for instance, you just came back from the dentist and your tooth filling is hurting. And so you might just say, tooth filling hurts or something, right, into Google instead of why is my tooth filling hurting? Um, and... You know, Google doesn't have this context. It's not a human being. You can't really make sense of why you're saying these things, at least not yet. And so in an effort to kind of make it more useful so that it delivers these really useful answers, um, they're going to have these little snippets. And if you've been using Google for a while, these snippets will be familiar for you. Like you can type in yoga poses, and then there'll be snippets that show different yoga poses. But anyway, these snippets will show, you know, potential answers. So usually when someone asks why their tooth filling hurts is why is it hurting like two weeks after I went to the dentist <laughs> or like how long should it hurt? Or so there are a bunch of, you know, questions and Google is now going to try its best to kind of guess what you're trying to get at. 
Are we seeing uh, more forays into artificial intelligence with the, the search guys like Google? Uh, you know, I guess that's kind of the holy grail, really, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So, for, you know, for them, I think it's always been about like how, you know, Sundar uh, Pichai, the CEO of Google, he's always saying, you know, the goal of Google is to kind of organize the where the world's information and make it accessible. And so one of the ways that they're trying to really to do this is through artificial intelligence. Because when you think about it, there's just so much information out there. There's no feasible way, even a huge team employed by the big, one of the biggest corporations in the world could possibly organize it and make it sensible. And so, you know, AI now is seen as one of those uh, kind of tools with which to do that. And Google is one of the leaders in that. They've invested uh, a lot. And it's interesting in the sense that, you know, like at one point, you know, the company that launched this kind of way was Apple with Siri, and they've kind of let it fall to the wayside. Can anyone really catch up to Google anymore, do you think? Um, you know, I feel like Apple, if it, if this, it's kind of interesting in the kind of Tim Cook era because they're very stretched thin in some sense. Like, um, I don't know if you went to the States to get a HomePod, but famously, these HomePods, if you put them on wood surfaces, they, um, they'll make rings because of how they're designed uh, on the wood. And so it seems like the company is kind of all over the place and doesn't know what to necessarily focus on. But I feel, you know, as a company that kind of helped launch this and, you know, we know what Apple is capable of, especially in the modern era, that they could really, if they invested the time, if they invested the money, if they got the talent, they could easily catch up, I think, to Google within a couple of years. But seemingly, it it seems like... um, that might not be the case. Obviously, Amazon is another one. You can never discount Jeff Be- uh, Bezos. He's an absolute you know, fighter when it comes to any kind of business. So I wouldn't discount Amazon either. Yeah, it will be interesting, uh, you know, with all these digital assistants, uh, you know, being populated in all of our homes, uh, whether those are the Amazon Echo speakers or, or the Google uh, Home speakers. Uh, you know, I think Apple really needs to catch up on that because I don't think they're... Um, really going to sell as many home pods, for example, as, you know, these other lower price speakers. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's interesting to think about that. I remember, you know, it was interesting this uh, past uh, holiday season, Google was literally giving away a Google home mini and normally they cost like quote unquote $70, but you got to imagine like it takes them maybe what, like $10 to manufacture these. Yeah. They were giving it away with everything, right? Like buy a new pixel phone. You know, here's a Google Home Mini for you. you buy a stat, here's one for you. Like it was literally like uh, Oprah scene where it's like, here's a car for everyone. Yeah. Right? Instead, it's a Google Home Mini. Um, so, yeah, like it, it's one of those situations where like Apple is really going to have to take a step back, and it's like, how do we get that scale where Siri is in everyone's um, in everyone's house? Because and the you know what the important part about AI is that you, it needs so much information to be effective. It literally needs to be analyzing um, you know, how every single different person speaks so that it can develop this model that works for everyone. And that's typically been something that Apple has like, you know, we don't collect this information. It's all stored on device. That's kind of hurt them in a bit uh, in the, or might hurt them in the long run, I should say. 
We're talking with our friend Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break, an app to help monitor your data usage. Well, we'll give you the lowdown on that. This is Mike Agarbo for Get Connected. We'll be back right after this. Still lots more to talk about here on Get Connected. Uh, We will be uh, chatting uh, with the folks over at TELUS about a new baby app they have for uh, parents uh, that can uh, help you get uh, a jump start on your baby's uh, health. Don't forget to visit our website as well on a regular basis, getconnectedmedia.com. We have uh, the latest tips and tricks and links to all our videos that we do on a regular basis. Uh, We do video reviews of uh, a lot of great uh, tech gadgets and gear, so you'll want to tune in for that. And we also have some fantastic contests going on as well. Every week there's a new contest, so uh, enter to win. I think we're giving away a a Dell laptop this week, so uh, a fantastic prize. Again, getconnectedmedia.com. Well, let's find out how to save data now on our Android phones. On the line, we've got our friend Rose Bahar from Mobile Syrup, a fantastic website for uh, anyone wanting the latest uh, mobile and smartphone news tips and tricks. Thanks for joining us, Rose. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Wanted to talk about uh, a cool app uh, from Google, of all uh, companies, uh, called Datally. It's something that uh, helps you monitor your data on your smartphone. Yeah. So as we all know, Canadians pay a lot for mobile data. Yes. <laughs> they pay some of the highest rates in the world. In fact, that was just confirmed by a government study. So any tools that we can use to help with saving data is super useful. And Google itself just came out with a, a data saving app called Datally. And it's, um, you know, it's got a lot of elements of different types of apps and, and, and settings that are already out there, but it brings everything together into one easy to use free tool, which is really, really great. I find this would be very handy. Unfortunately, I have an iPhone, so I I don't think it's going to work on my device. Uh, I believe it works on Android phones. You know, I I had Fido as my carrier, and they've got an app that tells you how much data you're using, but it only kind of is accurate within 12 hours, and it doesn't really tell you what's using the, the data. So this actually goes down to the specific app, doesn't it? It really does. So it gives you real time updates, goes down to the specific app. Um, and it gives you a breakdown of which apps are consuming the most data. You can also limit how much data individual apps use. You can see graphs of how much you've used over the past few weeks and months and find secure public Wi-Fi hotspots as well for when you're out and about, which is a really, really helpful uh, part of kind of avoiding using a lot of data. Um, and additionally, another interesting thing about it is that when you're uh, on a browser or on different things that are using mobile data, you'll see a little pop-up, kind of a circle, like a Facebook Messenger circle, and it will show you how much data you're, you're on average using at that moment. So that's a really good reminder as well, which is very, very helpful. And um, it's great because all of that is just free to download on Android. Why did they make this? I mean, I think... Google, you know, likes to obviously uh, present tools that are helpful for its users to make to make things simpler and to make things easier. And it also provides them with a certain amount of data as well. So there's always that kind of two pronged thing for Google. Um, But I think it's definitely been well received so far. So they'll, they'll be getting something out of it, but they're also sort of giving back this this great free tool to 
to users. I need this on the iPhone. It's killing me because I, you know, I, I get a general indication. You can go into one of the settings there, but it doesn't really feel like it's giving me the whole story uh, of all the data that I'm uh, using. Yeah, that's right. I mean, with the iPhone and, and before you had an app like Daily, it was easiest just to go in and look at the settings. But not only are those a little more confusing to use, but you're not really getting everything in um, as comprehensive a light as daily sheds or daily sheds. So um, it's helpful if you're on iPhone. Um, there are some there are some great settings options that you can do, including sort of limiting Wi-Fi assist, which um, jumps you over to mobile data if your Wi-Fi is not working well. But yeah, those are all kind of more separate and not all pulled together. So, but we have a we have an article on that for help to, for helping out if uh, people are interested. Well, I would recommend reading that article again. We're talking with uh, our friend Rose Bahar from Mobile Syrup uh, Mobile Syrup dot the address, I believe, right, Rose? That's right. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned here on Get Connected. Well, we're hearing more and more about uh, the ability to take control of our health records. Apple uh, is doing a bunch of uh, trials with uh, some hospitals down in the U.S. But something exciting is happening here in Canada and with TELUS and specifically TELUS Health. On the line, we have Juggy Sahoto, and uh, she's the Vice President of Consumer Health over at TELUS. Thanks for joining us today. Great. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm excited about this app that you guys have created. It's the TELUS Baby Health app, uh, a digitized personal he- health record uh, for babies. Tell, tell our listeners what this is all about. Thanks, Mike. So really, we're at TELUS, we are, we're really committed to improving people's lives through the power of technology. And today at TELUS Health, we've launched the TELUS Baby Health mobile app. Uh, and really, it's to empower new and expecting parents to really be able to proactively manage their infant's health information directly from their mobile device. So they'll have the information for their baby anytime and anywhere they are. Uh, and uh, they'll also be able to track important milestones for the baby as well. And do they have to input this all themselves? Yeah, to start off, yes, and it's a, but it's a single place where they can enter in the immunization information, any allergies the baby might have, any medications maybe that the baby is on, and it's all in one spot, and it's mobile with them wherever they go, and they can share it with their doctor, they can share it with each other or anyone else that they need to, to make sure that they're providing the best care for their baby. I wish I had this when my kids were younger, uh, because if anyone asked me, have my kids been immunized for certain things or, you know, what their health is all about, I would have no idea. I know, and so many people have shared that with me today. I've probably heard it about a hundred times, but there's no time, you know, we can, we can get it, we can get it going right away for people who have young infants. You don't have to wait until you have your baby to take part in this. The app is free. It's available on Google and Android and, uh, and everyone can sign up for the service. And, you know, another comment that I usually hear is, is, you know, for my immunizations, I used to have this little yellow book. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it's stored. And now they have, uh, they have a great way to have all of that information centralized and it's digital. So it will be there with them whenever they want. The immunization thing is a, a huge thing. I, you know, I had to go traveling recently to Africa and they're asking me uh, at the health clinic, you know, have you been immunized for this or that? I had no idea. I'm surprised I'm alive <laughs> even right now. <laughs> I I think many of us share the same story, Mike, on that front. So what motivated you guys to create this app? 
So Telehealth, I mean, we have been committed. We've been we've been around for about ten years. Telehealth has as part of Telus, and you know, we believe that uh, we can really you know improve people's lives through the power of technology. And so we have, um, you know, we absolutely provide electronic medical records today for doctors across Canada, pharmacy management software across Canada. And really what we thought at this point is we have to talk to Canadians more broadly. And, and so we have this new division that I'm um, in charge of, which is the consumer health side of things. And so when we took a look at what the needs were in Canada, what do Canadians need uh, from a healthcare perspective? We noticed that this one was a prominent need and just being able to have the important medical information uh, for for their families, readily accessible and readily available, and so we thought that uh, this is a perfect time and opportunity for us to build out the um, the baby health app. Well, you talked about Telus Health. Uh, not many people know that you guys are have a huge health division. Yeah, we do, and so you know it's 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 our content play, if you will. Uh, Telus made a decision uh, around ten years ago now, uh, where we decided that you know this is probably the the biggest uh, challenge, uh, social challenge of our generation in Canada, and you know really we need to play a part in helping to solve some of these public health issues. And uh, and Telus has made an investment uh, as a private organization to do that. We've invested close to three billion dollars over the last ten years building out the health business and addressing health needs for Canadians. And, uh, and we're continuing on this journey and, uh, and trying to reach as many Canadians as we can. And we work in partnership uh, with government as well across Canada to be able to address some of those public health needs. What's in it for you creating this app? I mean, you're giving it away for free. We are giving it away for free. You know what? We believe that there's an important conversation that we need to engage with Canadians on as it relates to medical records. And I want to talk to as many Canadians as I can and to be able to equip them. Really, my my true passion here is to give Canadians the right tools, information, and support they need so that they can live healthier and happier lives. And and that's, that is, is underscoring everything that we are doing right now from a consumer health standpoint here at TELUS. And, uh, and the Baby Health app is one of those opportunities for us to be able to connect with Canadians. And we know that they need it. And so we want to be able to provide them with the service. And it's free. You need to make a, a Mike Health app. I make a lot of poor life decisions. I think an app would help me. <laughs> we can just talk to each other, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink that. Don't eat that. Get more exercise. I know, I know. Uh, Juggy, where can people find out more information about this? Oh, everyone can just go to tell us telus.com slash babyhealth or they can go directly to uh, to their iTunes store or what have you on the app side to get it from uh, on iPhone or the Android uh, to get it on Android and uh, it's the Telus uh, Baby Health app and I encourage everyone and I think importantly too here uh, you know Telus is a very socially conscious organization as I'm sure Mike you are aware of uh, we have uh, partnered with Make-A-Wish Foundation so for every download and registration uh, that we get we're going to be donating $5 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation in Canada and we think that's also very important, and I'd love to share that uh, with your listeners. And we've also partnered with a company called the Baby Box Company. And the Baby Box Company uh, really supports uh, health and wellness for new parents, and they supply them with education, uh, videos, uh, learning opportunities, but also a physical baby box that is Health Canada certified as a bassinet. So if people go to telus.com slash babyhealth, they'll learn more about the Baby Health app and also learn important details about how they can get their own free baby box, uh, which is uh, full of uh, all sorts of important things for new parents. And that's available across Canada. 
Free baby health apps, free baby boxes. You heard it here on the App Show. We're talking with Juggy Sahota from TELUS Health. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Good luck with the app. Thanks very much. That's all the time we have left here on Get Connected. want to thank uh, Graham Williams for joining me today on the show. Don't forget to listen to our sister program every Sunday, 10 a.m. here on CKNW 980, The App Show, the world of apps for your smartphone, TVs, and smart boxes. Mike Agarbo and Graham Williams signing off. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.